You can now install an app on your phone and have the Jeep Talk Show episodes with you wherever you go. Just go to the Apple Store or Google Play and look for Jeep Talk Show. Don't forget to go into settings and select download the latest three episodes. That way, you'll have the show with or without cell service. We've got a trio of news stories to open the show with this week, and later I'll be going over all the gritty details of my recent wheeling trip to Moab, Utah. We'll play your voicemails, hear from Nikki G, and even get some of your tech questions, too. And did I mention that Tammy went to Moab? That's right, Tony. We'll talk a little bit about the injector swap myth on the 4-liter inline 6 and talk a little bit about some upcoming off-road events around the nation. And if we didn't mention it before, Tammy's going to talk about her trip to Moab. It's all coming up on this week's Jeep Talk Show. Episode 282, May 25th, 2017. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Podcasting since 2010. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, the U.S. government has officially filed a civil lawsuit accusing Fiat Chrysler Automobiles of using software to bypass emission controls in diesel vehicles. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's all deja vu. (laughs) The U.S. Justice Department suit filed in U.S. District Court in Detroit a procedural step that may uh, may ramp up pressure on Fiat Chrysler. The suit could ultimately help lead to a settlement just like an earlier probe of rival Volkswagen AG that cost the German automaker up to $25 billion. That's billion with an M. <laughs> the VM suit covers as much a, a much larger amount of vehicles, and VW admitted to intentionally cheating, while Fiat Chrysler denies any wrongdoing at all. FCA said in a statement that it's reviewing the complaint. It's been working with the EPA and California regulators to clarify issues related to emissions control technology in the 2014 to 2016 Jeep Grand Cherokee Ram or Jeep, Jeep Grand Cherokee and Ram 1500 diesels. In a statement filed by FCA, the automaker said it is, quote, disappointed that the government chose to file the lawsuit and that the company intends to defend itself vigorously, particularly against any claims that FCA engaged in a deliberate scheme to install defeat devices to cheat U.S. emissions tests. The lawsuit asserts the automaker placed undeclared defeat devices or auxiliary emissions controls in 2014-2016 Fiat Chrysler diesel vehicles that led to, quote, much higher than allowable levels of nitrogen oxide or NOx pollution, which is linked, of course, to smog formation and respiratory problems. The suit seeks injunctive relief and unspecified civil penalties. Well, more info has leaked out of the Jeep camp, but it's not about a Wrangler. Filed by Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, FCA, a brand new design patent shows what appears to be a Grand Cherokee, although it's clear that the back end is stretched out quite a bit to accommodate a third row of seating. So what are we looking at here then? Well, the all-new next-generation Jeep Grand Wagoneer is supposed to ride on a stretched version of the next-generation Jeep Grand Cherokee's platform, though other reports claim that the large SUV will ride on a version of the Ram's platform. The Grand Wagoneer is expected to push further into the luxury space, competing with existing vehicles like the Cadillac Escalade and various Land Rover offerings. Last year, Jeep CEO Mike Manley admitted that it could be possible the new new big Jeep SUV 
could push into the 130 dollars to $140,000 territory, although he backpedaled quite quickly after uh, later saying that the price range will be closer to sixty dollars to $100,000. This will be the first three-row Jeep since the Commander was discontinued in 2010, and despite Jeep's dominant expansion to the global automotive market, they are clearly trying to steal customers from aspirational brands like Land Rover. It is believed that the Jeep Grand Wagoneer will arrive by late 2018 as a 2019 model year, though other reports say it could arrive by 2020. In any case, be sure to subscribe to the show to hear the latest news from Jeep and FCA. Well, the Donner Pass has claimed yet another victim. A wagon train left California this month 171 years ago. His famous pioneers were looking for better lands, farms to settle, and of course, fortune. One specific party in this group of pioneers were delayed by a series of mishaps and mistakes and spent the entire winter of 1846 to 1847 snowbound in the Sierra Nevada mountain range. The Donner Pass was named after the intrepid party who, in their last desperate measures of survival, reported to, uh, resorted to cannibalism to stay alive. Today, the Donner Pass has claimed another victim. The California Highway Patrol has discovered a mid-90s Jeep Cherokee buried under 20 feet of snow on the side of a road outside of Truckee. The area seems, sees some of the highest snowfall in the United States and has been hit particularly hard this winter with giant walls of snow bordering many of its major roads still to this day. The police said in a press release, quote, that the Jeep was likely abandoned on the side of the road, plowed under, and further entombed by the giant snowblowers that keep the road clear. Apparently one of them was seriously dam apparently one of them seriously damaged the Jeep XJ as it was carving a canyon into the snow, carving a slice off the back end like it was so much fiberglass cheese which, of course, led to its discovery. A broken rear window reveals that the interior is empty, so thankfully its owner wasn't trapped inside. The CHP doesn't know who owns it currently and has covered the license plate in the photo posted on its Facebook page, but if you left it there and it's yours, well, hopefully you remember that it's yours, and, well, <laughs> just don't head back quite yet to go retrieve it, at least not anytime soon, since it's not blocking the road and it sits under layers upon layers upon layers of stratified snow and ice, well, the police are going to leave it up to Mother Nature to thaw it out. Well, hey, if you guys have a story like this or want to have a response to any one of our stories, well, be sure to send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Fiberglass cheese. I think that's what killed Curly from the Three Stooges. <laughs> a little gritty. <laughs> not good on a sandwich. Does not melt like you would expect. Oh, that's a nice colorful image, too. Just, just slice that back because it is fiberglass on that uh, that your model, uh, that, your model Cherokee. Oh. Interesting, interesting story. You know, that's funny, Josh. Uh, really good on their stories there because uh, I had just read about the uh, the patent being released on the new Grand Cherokee on Facebook about, well, when I came down here to sit and, and start uh, working on the show. So, like, this maybe uh, two hours ago, I read that. And, and here oh, it wow. is. And here it is on the show. Yeah, We're always up to date with the latest news. <laughs> Tammy, Tammy's just playing along. <laughs> she doesn't surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> Uh, uh, Tammy, are you going to be uh, teasing us tonight with the, the Moab? Or are you going to tell us anything? Oh, I'll tell you everything. Ah, excellent. You heard it yeah. here fo first, folks. Yeah. Well, second, because she's been blasting all over Facebook. <laughs> Not everything. Well. Oh, good. Save no. some of the good stuff for the yeah. show. I like it. Yeah. No, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to tell it here first. <laughs> um, hey, Jeepers, have you ever wanted to interact with the show as it's being recorded? Now you can. You can tweet live to the show. Send us a tweet. That's You have to do that on Twitter. By adding <laughs> a hashtag Jeep Talk Show during the live show. Then just sit back and watch for your tweet at the bottom of 
the YouTube video right down there. Remember, that's hashtag Jeep Talk Show, and your tweets will be on the show live as we broadcast the show. Hey, cool. speaking of our live stream and YouTube and all that, if you're not plugged into the Twitterverse and you think that tweets are the things that come out of birds, well, uh, but you'd still like to interact with us as we record the show, well, now you can chat with us live during the show at youtube.com slash Show. You guys will see the chat window there to the right of the video, and all you have to do is type in a message and hit send. It's that easy. That's youtube.com slash Show. Go there every Tuesday and Thursday. Hey, is a Jeep Talk Show just not enough for you? Need more? Well, we have more for you. Yeah, we do. <laughs> this past Tuesday, guys, episode 39 of the Jeep Talk Call-In Show, Tammy and Tony get a chance to interview Gene from All Things Jeep. It's the Jeep Talk Show Call-In Show with Tammy and Tony. Yep, All Things Jeep uh, actually started in my basement in Lunenburg, Massachusetts. That was 13 years ago, and now it is located in a very, very large space in Pepperell, Massachusetts. Tony, unfortunately, the hat, I think, only comes in three colors, uh, pink, light blue, and black. But I don't think it comes oh, in red, Tony. Sorry. I think we could, might have to make a red one. Ah, uh, see? No, no, no. See? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, as you can tell, we had lots of fun uh, doing that show with Gene over there for allthingsjeep.com. Yeah, that was a good interview. I just actually got caught up on that one. It sounds like you guys had a great time. And hey, you guys out there, if you have any interest in getting your hands on some of that sweet all things Jeep gear, well, you guys will definitely want to download this last episode, number 39, for sure, to get the exclusive discount code that you can only get out of that episode. Oh, it was like 10% too, so it was a damn good one. Hey, uh, you know, just go to youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time, and Tammy and I will have a guest interview, then we'll turn it over to you, the listeners. All you need is a phone and a voice. The Jeep Talk Show call-in show uh, is uh, every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time on youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. All right, well, I got good news and bad news. Uh, the good news is we have another YJ segment from uh, Nate over at Wrangler Extreme. The bad news is this is the last one. Aww. <laughs> So, but there'll, there'll be more from Nate uh, coming up on some uh, new subjects here very, very soon. Now let's get over to some uh, YJ, the, the final in our YJ series, uh, Cheap Tricks. Not the band, but something you can do with your YJ. Hey guys, this is Nate with SWBCrawler.com with another edition of Wrangler Extreme. Tonight, I'm going to talk about a couple of cheap tricks you can do to your YJ to continue on the, uh, the YJ series that we've been working on. So um, there's two things I thought I would chat about pretty quickly and easily. Uh, first of all is part of the suspension on your Jeep YJ. Now this is a little controversial and if you talk to your inspection mechanic he's going to tell you not to do this but <laughs> I'm going to tell you from experience that uh, the track bars on your Jeep YJ are pretty much useless. Now I don't want you to go removing these things and then uh, getting yourself in trouble, but uh, I can say that I drove my YJ for several years, probably most of its life, with no track bars connected at all, and I only put them back on for inspection. And uh, the reason for this is uh, they basically limit the flex on your uh, your suspension, unlike on the, the TJ and the JK where they've uh, designed things in a slightly better way. Um, on the YJ, all they really did was bind up with your leaves. Um, yes, they did do some some work to center your axles under the Jeep, but uh, to be honest, your leaf springs do a pretty good job of that to begin with. So as long as all of your bushings are in order and everything's nice and tight, uh, you really don't have that problem. 
The second is the gas tank. Uh, so after 1991, I believe it was, uh, Chrysler decided that it cost a lot of money to offer two different sizes of gas tanks in their uh, YJ. However, there were lots of people who liked to buy the option of a 20-gallon gas tank instead of the 13 that was standard. So what they started doing was, instead of having to produce a 13 and a 20-gallon gas tank, and instead of having to tool their plant so that they could install a 13 and 20-gallon gas tank, they started rolling every YJ off the line with a 20-gallon gas tank. And then they would extend the vent hose on oh, the, uh, the the filler assembly into the tank so that once the fuel level reached around 13 gallons, it would cut off the pump. So an easy way to uh, get yourself a 20-gallon tank upgrade if you've currently got a 13 is to pull off the filler hose, and you'll see that on the vent line, there's uh, sort of two layers of plastic. There's the outer layer, which is, of course, the tank, you know, the the, the filler or the vent hose or the vent, the vent nozzle, uh, and then... Um, inside of there is this black tube that if you can work a pair of pliers in there, you can just slowly work the thing out. And once it's pulled out, you've got yourself a 20-gallon gas tank. Now, what you'll also have is a gas gauge that doesn't read correctly because it's designed to tell you that you've, it's designed to report on a 13-gallon gas tank. So essentially what will happen is when you fill your tank up, uh, the gas gauge will read higher than full, and it'll stay there until you've used... What? Seven gallons of gas. And after that, it should work properly, unless your gas gauge doesn't work properly, which was also sort of common <laughs> on the YJs. All right, so there's two cheap tricks that you can uh, use to get a little more bang for your buck out of your YJ. So if you want to chat about these mods, or if uh, you just want to look up some more uh, interesting cheap tricks for your YJ, look me up on the Jeep Talk forums. Thanks. There's two places uh, that I like the gas gauge to barely move on, on any vehicle, and that's whenever it's full and whenever it's empty. <laughs> and I mean above E, not below. You know where it stays just above E for, for, for a god-awful long time? And you yeah, wonder, I was doing that in Utah, and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know if there's a gas station coming up. Yeah. Please. That, does that light work? Is there, there is a light that comes on that lets me know I'm about to run out, right? Uh, yeah, let's yeah. Keep going. Well, they, they built it into the engine. It stops running. And yeah, whenever <laughs> when it indication. stops running, uh, that tells you everything. Um, yeah. No, I don't know if you guys noticed the uh, the extreme face of judgment uh, there on Josh whenever he <laughs> whenever Nate was talking about not having a, a track bar on his uh, his YJ, and it, it dawned on me as he was talking about that that uh, that makes sense because of the leaf springs would uh, would keep things centered. And uh, I was trying to think back to my truck, uh, my 1983 Chevrolet truck, which was also uh, leaf sprung in the front. And uh, I don't know if it had a track bar or not. I was so dumb about uh, just four-wheel drive and how everything was set up. Uh, I just put big tires and uh, wheels on it and went off in the mud. So I had a blast. Yeah, I was. Uh, I always cringe about that, especially if, it, if it's a daily driver, seasony freeway time and stuff. I mean, but yeah, he's right. The leaf springs do a do a just fine job. It's as more kind of like the uh, you know the Department of Transportation, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You know, all of them, the those people that require you to wear seatbelts and <laughs> yeah. have airbags and safety, stuff like that. Safety, safety. <laughs> eh, you know, uh, just safety uh, inhibits good flex. Is is the bottom line. Hey, uh, you know, he was talking about that uh, filler tube, and I remember hearing about that, but I think I heard about it on the XJs. Do you recall? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a very similar mod uh, in that regard, just sort of, you know, altering how the tubes all hook up and everything to get a mm -hmm. you know a couple few extra gallons out of your tank and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I've always been a little, you know, hesitant about that I mean, because 
some vehicles, you know, especially with emissions controls and whatnot, you have like those carb standards. You have the vehicles in California, which kind of sometimes have different emissions controls oh, yeah, on them yeah. than other vehicles. And, and so you start altering things. And you never know exactly what you're working with or, or, you know, what you may have when you start, you know, start cutting into hoses or, you know, relocating stuff and whatnot. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where if you, if you don't care about your gas gauge or what it reads, this is a, if this is a trail only vehicle, if you're, you know, trying to get some extra, you know, expedition miles out of it or all, yeah, go for it. That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of fuel though. Uh, I mean, you know, seven gallons, that's, uh, I think the, the TJ I tank is 15. I was going to say, I think an extra seven gallons is is a little bit, that might be a little over, over exaggerated. I, I don't know for sure. I mean, I, I haven't actually gone in and measured, you know, how much right. you're actually, you know, getting out of that or whatnot. But I mean, yeah, if, even if it is an extra three gallons, if you're getting, you know, 17, 15 miles to the gallon, you know, hey, that's an extra 60 miles that you're getting out of your tank or, or something. So, right. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I can ever get more than uh, 18. I don't even think I can get the high 18 gallons in mine and i'll run mine almost dry uh since you know since i have the odometer <laughs> i don't think i've seen over 12 in years <laughs> oh really well you probably do it right i mean a friend of mine told me because the uh the uh, the pump and everything is submerged in the fuel to help keep it cool that you should never let it get below a quarter tank and yeah I've, that's a good I've, advice there just for you know to prevent sucking things up that that that's you might true. Uh, trash get in the tank and what yeah there's all those all those gas stations guys uh, if you ever see like the big tanker trucks inside the gas station um never pull in yeah just go to the next gas station because as those tanker trucks are filling up the underground tanks at the gas station they're stirring up all kinds of garbage in those large underground vats and and that just huh. gets sucked up by the pumps and gets put right into your tank yeah, every time, I see, every time I see a, a truck there, I think about that. And uh, I can tell by Tammy's reaction, she didn't know. So I bet you there's some of our listeners that don't know about that either. But it makes sense. They have these huge underground tanks. And when they dump all that fuel in there, of course, that mixes things up. And anything that has yep. settled to the bottom of those big underground tanks is now going to be floating around. So and it doesn't matter if it's super plus or regular, no. guys. It's it's all the same. No, I mean, they've got filters and stuff on there. But, you know, things get through filters. And over time, it, it builds up. So... Well, yeah, just like, you know, the, the filter in your, you know, your kitchen sink faucet, you know, that right. that's there and occasionally you'll, you'll get a little grit of sand or something in the water, in the water glass or whatnot. But yeah, you ever pull that thing off and take a look inside, you, know, you see all kinds of stuff that's coming out. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast at my mom's house. You're listening to a four by four radio network podcast. On the Jeep Talk Show is just one of the many proud members of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 Podcast, the Center Steer Podcast, and the Trail Chasers Podcast. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Well, it's it's over. I'm so sad. But it was the most amazing adventure I've ever been on. But first, I want to clarify, I get lots of questions. Why did I go alone? And why did I not take my Jeep? Well, I had been planning this trip for a year. And this was going to be my third um, annual trip with my sister. 
And we were supposed to do just a little bit of wheeling and we were going to do hiking in the parks and do some whitewater rafting. Well, she bailed on me and I decided I'm still going to go. But I decided to add a little bit more jeeping to the trip. So along with going to Canyonlands National Park, Arches National Park, Dead Horse State Park, um, I added a day and a half of jeeping. Um, I booked myself with Outlaw Jeep Tours for an all-day wheeling event. And I got a Jeep for myself to drive and a guide. And so I did a spur-of-the-moment um, booking um, probably two days before I left, and I booked a sunset tour with Outlaw Jeep Tours in Moab. And that gave me a Jeep to drive and um, another guide. So they're the only town or the only company in town where you can rent a Jeep and a guide and you can drive the Jeep. So the Jeep I was in was a green Jeep. It had a 3.5 Rancho Lift, Raceline Monster Wheels, 40-inch Cooper SST Pro Tires, Dana Spicer Ultimate 60 Axles with e-lockers and 538 gears. Um, they have another Jeep. Um, that's pretty much the same, except they have a metal cloak lift and fenders with ARB lockers. So anyway, first of all, I'm going to clarify, I am deathly afraid of heights. I can hardly even climb a ladder. So I get there and I'm all excited. And well, first, let me clarify, Tony, I want to thank you so, so much. Um, Tony noticed that Charlene Bauer from Bauer Motorsports was also in Moab, and he um, posted on our Facebook page, hey, Tammy Jeep Mama's going to be there. And she's like, oh, hey, cool, let's connect. And we ended up meeting Friday morning for breakfast at the iconic Moab Diner. And anybody who's an off-roader, if you're in Moab, you need to go here. It's so cool. All the tables are sponsored. And we sat at the Warren Winch table, and the, the table has big Warren Winch um, stuff on it, and there's all sorts of tables in there. Anyway, that was really cool. It's really good breakfast. So anyway, as we were sitting there talking about the Ladies Off-Road Network and ladies and off-roading, she's like, hey, um, you know, if you want a passenger, I'll ride with you tonight for my sunset ride. I'm like, oh, sure, that would be fun. Thank goodness she was there. Otherwise, I would have never ever made that trip um we get there and i'm following the guide out to get to hell's revenge now hell's revenge to get there was just scary on regular roads because you're going up this mountain or a cliff or whatever and you can see the whole town below you and i was like white knuckled driving so anyway, we get there to Hell's Revenge, and the entrance to Hell's Revenge is, I call it the Mama's Lion Back. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen, um, it's been shut down now, but there's a lion's back where people used to wheel. And the entrance to Hell's Gate is similar to it, not as big. So um, if you want, you can go over to YouTube, and there's videos of me going up this, but... It was the scariest effing thing I have ever done in my life. Tammy, let um, me ask you. Let me let me uh, jump in here for just a quick second and ask you about about that uh, that lion's back. You, you said that it was closed now, and I mean that's yep. a that's a infamous trail. I mean that 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 right. is an iconic 
Moab section. You see a ton of YouTube videos on that. Uh, you think right. of Moab, this is one of the things that you see in just about every picture and video and stuff like that. Do you know why they closed it down? Um, actually, uh, the land, like you're going up the back, the land down below it was sold to a company who was going to build a resort. And I'm like, well, why haven't they started building it? Well, there's no sewer and water out there, so it's kind of on hold, but it's still closed. I had heard something else. So, I, I had heard they closed it because uh, Nate removed his uh, track bar off his YJ, and it was just too <laughs> well, damn dangerous for, for the that, well, there, that wasn't supposed to be released yet. <laughs> oh, damn it. There, there, is a, there is a famous video, I think, of an old K5 Blazer yes. or maybe a full-size yes. Bronco that like loses its brakes or, or something, and it, and it goes down that, maybe even backwards, if memory is serving me right, on that. But, I mean, it is scary stuff, man. I, now, I couldn't imagine I losing any kind of control on that. But I was told that that was a woman driving that, and oh. she lost her brakes. Yeah. And she's she was okay. Yeah, she got and apparently the, a couple years later, um, Dan Mick, who um, has a rental company out there, he took her in one of his jeeps <laughs> and she drove it again and she was fine. God, okay. Was so and, and the brakes and went out again. <laughs> yeah, the brakes went out again and she went cleaning off the side and now it's called Susie's Lions Back. No, I'm kidding. Susie's Skid. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, so Tammy, did you, did you so you got a chance Jeep. Tammy, you you got a Tammy, you got a chance to actually go on Lions Back. Yes, or or was that did you just get a chance no, to see no, it? No, no, no. not on Lions Back. I took oh, okay. pictures of it, but the entrance to Hell's Revenge is nobody can go on Lions Back now. Right. You would have to sneak on it. Um Nobody would do So that. anyway, the entrance nobody would I you're crazy <laughs> if you have if you want to go on that. So as we're going up this hill, I am freaking out. It's not technically challenging at all. It's um, it's just narrow and it's like straight down. But I hear the view and is great. Like, <laughs> well, I did not see the view. All I saw was straight ahead in the Jeep in front of me. And I dropped a couple of F-bombs. Um, yeah, I've never did. dropped an F-bomb, I don't think, at Roush Creek. So that will just tell you how scary it was for me. But anyway, I made it up with Sh Charlene, who is also um, trained with um, the Four-Wheel Drive Association. And she was so calming, and she just kept talking me through it and talking me through it and telling me to breathe. Um, some people who've listened to the video say, if you don't watch it, it either sounds like a really <laughs> bad porn or it sounds like I'm getting birth. <laughs> so, anyway, Gosh. we did it. Hell's Revenge. <laughs> we didn't it. do the the whole trail because it's just it's a really long trail, and the locals don't like to go to the end of the trail because it is so the um the side by sides the whatever they're called the UTVs. Apparently, they like to race really uh, fast on these trails and. They've kind of, uh, not necessarily tore them up, but worn them down. And so the end of Hell's Revenge, I guess, is too bumpy, which I like bumpy. I don't like the heights. But anyway, so during this um, ride, we turned around halfway through it. Um, and on the way back, I had to drive the freaking thing in the dark. 
<laughs> I've never wheeled in the dark. And I'm on these, they're called fins. That's what those things are called. And uh, I thought I was going to die. Ah, uh, that's what that fins and things uh, sign was. Yeah. Yep. So, but during, um, in that, there's little obstacles within Hell's Revenge. And one of them is Hell's Gate. And um, I went down and up Hell's Gate. I did not drive because it's very technical where you have to get your wheels just right because it's not your wheel that's on the ground. It's the sidewalls pulling you up. Um, but that's a pretty interesting um, video, too, of me. This poor guy. This poor guide. I, I needed to give him a huge tip to put up with me. So I did Hell's Revenge. So anyway, that night I went home and we were talking about doing Hell's Revenge again to finish it and do, I think there's the the hot tub and um, some other obstacles within it. But I went home that night just on pins and needles and I was freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to do that. Charlene's not going to be with me. I'm not going to be able to do it myself. And I was just so freaked out. So the next morning when I went back over to Outlaw Jeep Tours, um, I talked to him and I said, you know, I've already kind of done Hell's Revenge. I'd like to try something else. So um, we did Fins and Things, which is similar to Hell's Revenge. The, um, the fins are not as steep and scary. Or maybe it's because I got thrown into it, the fire quickly and I kind of got used to it. But Fins and Things is a very, very fun trail. There's three different parts. Um, so I did that one. And then we were going to go over to Poison Spider, which is on the other side of Moab. So we drove through town and drove to the other side. And he said it wasn't that bad. I was going up the switchbacks. It, it felt like Black Bear Pass on these little gravel roads, sheer drops, and I'm freaking out. So we finally get to the top, and I realize I don't have my phone. I left my phone <laughs> in the bathroom over by Hell's Revenge. And I'm like, Shit. What are you doing? <laughs> oh. So we wanted to hurry and get back there, and yeah. the guide, KL, his name is KL, he's like, it's going to take us five hours for you to get down this trail because you're so damn slow. So he gets in the driver's seat, and I swear to God, he was going like 90 miles an hour down this thing. He's like, oh, I used to drive this when I was 13. My dad used to take horses in a pickup. <laughs> we used to go up this and blah, blah, blah. I got this. I am like, my sleep. <laughs> so we went back down. We get back over there. My phone is there. It, I, so I, I, the day was saved. Um so anyway, we decided to stay on that side because time was running out and I did Porcupine Ridge, which is another awesome trail, different terrains. There's rock climbs, ledges, sand. I've never wheeled in sand before, so that was pretty cool. Um, you're on the sides of cliffs and the scenery is absolutely amazing. It is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life and it was the best time I've ever had. Um, wheeling. It was. I have so many more videos to post, and I, I was gonna. Uh, I was about to ask you, Tammy, just doing a guess, a, a nice guesstimate here. How, how much would you say you've gotten in videos and pictures from this trip? Oh and, gosh, I mean, 
A couple um, thousand pictures. Uh, what do you got? Yeah. And at least 30 um, minutes of the bathroom. Well, it, it's, you know, I wish I would have had more pictures. Be, and it's hard, again, because it's just me. Well, yeah, I, you were, I mean, you, know? you were driving. So, yeah, right. you didn't have a cameraman with you. Right. So I got as much video as I, ca- I could on the cool stuff. I probably have four or five hours of video. Goodness um, sakes. Some of it's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some of it's not real exciting. And the thing is, you know, everybody knows who's a wheeler who goes off-roading. The pictures and the videos just do not do it justice. No, never will. Yeah, that's true. But my audio makes up for all that. So (laughs) It has a flavor. (laughs) Um, I've got some new um, sound clips for you, Tony. Oh, good. Excellent. Um, So anyway, it's... Some of the stuff is not really technically that hard, um, especially if you're in a Jeep that has, you know, 40 inch tires and Dana 60s. And well, I was uh, gonna, I was gonna ask you. I mean, they, they they call this stuff, you know, like I mean, like sandpaper rock. I mean, it's 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 not super slick like river rock is. It, right. it actually has you know some grip to it and and whatnot. Right. So combine that with you know locked up Dana 60s and 40 inch tires. How much was there really of a challenge for you? I mean, obviously, you know, unfamiliar terrain, you know, right. a little bit higher degree of, of you know, some, some difficulty on some of this stuff. And of, and, of course, you throw in the fear factor as well with, you know, sheer drop-offs and, and right. your fear of heights and whatnot. But, you know, how much of this was really a challenge for you, for your, for your wheeling skills? Um, it, it wasn't. I didn't really have to pick my lines at all because this – Jeep just wheeled right over everything. Um, the challenge for me was the heights. Um, but other than that, that Jeep could have gone through anything. Um, Did it the, make it boring for you in that regard? No. And, and no, because there were ledges and there were um, um, lots of inclines. And it just gave me more confidence that the Jeep's not going to tip over. So in that aspect of going up and down, um, I learned a lot about um, using both my feet. Um, When I drive, I learned a lot about not just pushing down on the brake, um, just like tapping on the brake as I'm going down. So in that aspect, I got a lot of good um, experience. But as far as rock crawling, n- not really, because this thing, you know, you don't, you didn't really need to pick which rock to go over, so you're not going to scrape your um, your um, diff covers and all that. Um, as my Jeep would have probably, my Jeep would have made through made it through all that stuff because um, KL had taken a um, a stock. God, was it a stock XJ that he said? That he wheeled through the same trails that we went on, and it made it through. Um, well, but it's more a, challenging if you're a lower, t- smaller tires. Definitely. We, we had uh, somebody in our in our chat room over at YouTube.com/slash Jeep Talk Show um, that was talking about uh, a video they've seen in Moab of uh, a trail called a Baby's Lion Baby yeah. Lions Back, and uh, a video of a Crown Victoria. You know the old <laughs> cop cars. Yep. Bone yep. stock. Bone stock. Not lifted. Not traction tires. The guy's actually got a bike rack and a mountain bike on the back of this thing. I mean, it's about as grocery getter as it gets. And there's a video on YouTube. It's just about a minute long or so of this guy taking a stock Crown Victoria in Moab 
up this uh, you know this particular trail baby lion's back and it's just like good lord are you kidding me <laughs> so now, yeah if that could do it a stock Cherokee right. definitely could go out there yeah now those fins are basically um they're like the the Chevy Cruze I rented could have gone on them right they're not i mean it's just for the fins it's the going up and down maybe going up it wouldn't be would be kind of hard but there's not really challenges when it comes to the undercarriage it's more right. there's no, of no just getting up deep, and down you know obstacles that you have to crawl or there's no massive off camber situations right. in those right. it's it's just a large hill well, essentially right. you but can do off camber but you have to be on the side of the fence yeah exactly <laughs> right. which is go. which is frowned upon right <laughs> Um, but inside the tray, you know, inside the fins, there are ledges and, you know, oh, sure. sand and, mm-hmm. and all that. But the fins itself, it's just, it's the fear of the height. So but speaking of all uh, those Tony- fins, uh, I was going to say all those fins have the trail marked for you because the tire, the black from the tire right, has right. marked the path. But th- that still didn't matter to me. I still freaked. So Tony said something about, you know, getting frowned upon and, and whatnot. Did you did you see anybody out there kind of doing some stuff they weren't supposed to? Did you see anybody uh-huh. that really wasn't embodying the Jeep spirit and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, and we talked about it and I I kinda edited out some of the stuff because um what we talked about is the trails are getting wider and wider. And I don't want to put blame I didn't on just one particular group of people. But it's this, the UTVs, they like to go really fast. They don't like the bumpy rocks. So they look for like little alternative routes. And so they're like going, and it may not just be them. It could be other wheelers out there. But they're going off the rocky path, looking for the sandier route where they can go faster. And even when, when you turn, you make these sharp turns in the sand it's starting to um the sand is starting to push up because they're going faster and these trails that used to be flat sand are now like crevices because these utvs are going so fast and interesting yeah a trail we go through one part where it used to be just a one lane now you could probably fit 10 jeeps in there my goodness gracious like a parking lot yeah, and so, they're they're starting to put the the Bureau of Land Management um, has started putting up um, fences in certain areas, and it's probably going to start getting more fenced up as this happens. Of course. So yeah, it's people not you know, not adhering to the the tread lightly principles, right, not staying exactly. staying on designated trails, not wheeling where they're supposed to. It's right. I mean, and yeah, it's it it probably isn't one specific group of people. No. I'm, I'm sure there's tons of people and. All sorts of vehicles. I mean, we're we're all wheelers, and, it, and all it takes is a couple bad apples in every bunch um, for for things like this to happen. They start closing trails, or they start you know restricting uh, trails, or they start having to you know choke them down and, and put up barriers and stuff like that. And and you know that kind of stuff it, it takes away from the scenery. It it you know it it, it starts to cost the state and the counties and stuff. I mean, and it could all be avoided just by you know having some patience and staying on the designated trails. And I'll just say this, eventually it's going to be snipers and you don't want to be doing things wrong (laughs) with snipers out there. You're going over five miles per hour. (laughs) We're going to have to take you out. (laughs) So Tammy, I I have to ask you, Uh you you drove around in this Jeep lifted 37s with Dana sixties. Forties. 
Oh, was it forty? I thought it said, yeah, thought I saw thirty seven. I thought it was thirty sevens, but it was their forties. Okay, I did read it correctly then. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, have you been online? Have you started checking out the uh, Dana sixties yet? Um. Yeah, I, t- I told my husband, and <laughs> he just looked at me like I was crazy. Honey, the great news is, yeah, uh, this button. It's ten thousand dollar button and yeah. these uh, these lockers and diffs I could also that, get ten thousand dollar Dana sixties that you, you that you paid for. I'm gonna give them to you. You can keep them and polish them in the, right. in the garage, and I'm gonna put these new twenty thousand dollar Dana sixties and new buttons. I, I know. <laughs> I would love to once my Rubicon's paid off. Is turn that into my wheel and vehicle. Buy another Rubicon. <laughs> buy a buy a um, a yacht, pick up, a plane, and a trailer, and a big and, ass helicopter. <laughs> yeah. So I just have to well, win the lottery. I, that's that's what I'm hearing. I, I'm hearing you need like six figures like right now. Right. So <laughs> or maybe everybody just needs to start watching my YouTube videos a lot, a real lot, and I can get money from my YouTube videos. Well, technically, they need to watch the commercials. <laughs> yeah, and click well, yeah. on them multiple times. Hey. uh, Tammy, real quick, you you got a chance to drive two different Jeeps, and although they were relatively similar in their setup, they were, you know, kind of had some different gear to them. Did you have a favorite? Did you have one thing that you liked about one Jeep over another, one thing you didn't like that, that one Jeep had that the other one did, or, you know, vice versa? No. Um, I, act, no, it's, uh, to me, a Jeep's a Jeep, and they're all fun, and I, I, they're all challenging in different ways. Oh, you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. They're Jeeps. They don't know. No, <laughs> no. but honestly, no, I couldn't pick. I just loved wow. to be out there. It it didn't really matter to me. Well, I'm sure the experience as a whole was yeah. probably borderline overwhelming. I mean, yeah. just being oh. where you were, the, the scenery. scenery that was out oh, there, yeah. the yeah. equipment, the vehicles, the people, you know, all of that, I'm sure was, you know, borderlining on a sensory overload. Uh, oh, so, totally you know, was. I'm sure that yeah. there was a lot to process at any given time, let alone having to think of which Jeep's my favorite, you know, right. <laughs> that's, so you went up on a Thursday and you came back Monday. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. And so, so, I, so I, really you just had three full days. Um, yeah, three and a half. Cause Thursday I didn't get, I got into Salt Lake city about 11. Um, so I, I took a scenic route to Moab. Um, I went to a ghost town. I drove through, um, the Colorado river gorge, which was amazing. I went to this awesome restaurant and sat at a bar and met these really cool people, um, who were on all their own little different adventures. One guy got fired from his job. He's been traveling for two months. One kid who's just turned 21 doesn't know what he wants to do with his life so he's traveling just all these really cool stories so that was thursday and then the other days um were three full days so it was it was really cool well good i guess it's uh uh oh you know what i forgot uh tell us about the adventure on the colorado river it got canceled (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I was going to say there was there was something that I thought there was another tour in there something involving yeah, like boats yeah. or a river or something like that and I yeah. wasn't hearing any of that so what happened that what happened there Tammy just not enough people want to wine uh, have wine and unwind and take a boat ride on the Colorado River so was it, have enough people signed up was it missing the boat ride or the wine that really pissed you off the most <laughs> oh, um, no. you know actually it turns out I'm glad I didn't go because I ended up um, taking another scenic byway and, um, I got to, um, see some 
um, Indian markings on the rocks. Um, oh, I yeah. drove along the Colorado River in another spot. Um, I drove by Moab Rim. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who in their right mind would drive on that? There's a picture on my Facebook page. These guys are going to be nuts. People that say, it's, hold my beer. <laughs> oh, my uh, Lord. So, um, um, so that was fun. So was uh, was KL dressed up like a uh, an Indian guide? Was it like a Tancho yeah. and that? No, see, I think no, you no. should have remake, made that recommendation because that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. You know, the the whole Johnny Depp thing with the little crow right. on the head and everything it would be great. I'm your trail oh, guide. Cool, yeah, the cool thing about Hell's Revenge too is when you get up um, that first entrance, um, you go up to the top that's overlooking Moab, and there are dinosaur tracks in the rocks. Honest oh, wow. to God, Raptor tracks. It is the coolest thing ever. Really neat. And it, yeah. Um, the other thing is, the, three of the trails that I went on, Fins and Things, Hell's Revenge, and Poison Spider, which I didn't finish Poison Spider, but they're all part of the Jeep Badge of Honor. Um, and I um, signed up for that. But I know I'm not going to get those badges because Jeep will never send them to me. So instead, <laughs> right. I, I was going to say, yeah, you're not holding your breath, are you? <laughs> no. I bought these little arrow signs. I don't know if you can see it. Um, this says fins and things. And then this one says hell's revenge. So these are my own personal badges that will remind me. Oh, that'll look and good Tony on the Jeep. and Josh, <laughs> um, I bought you a present. Well, oh, I didn't buy you it. Have. Um, they're, Is it a purple D-ring? They're, they're, <laughs> they're rocks. They're rocks from Moab. So oh, cool. I, I'll save them for you. You know, that's against the parks uh, department rules to take rocks. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't take them from the park. <laughs> so I, actually, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be in a federal prison. Yeah. As a, as it, a, uh, as a joke, I actually told Tammy while she was there in Moab, I said, uh, she had this beautiful scenery of all this, uh, all these beautiful rocks. And I said, Oh, Tammy, get me a rock. So she, she yep, brought so me one back. Well, she, she did. Didn't she? <laughs> yeah, she did. Josh. Had so anyway, it was amazing. Well, um, Tuesday, I'll be posting my day one, two, three, and four, the step-by-step what I did, um, on my trip on my blog. So you can join me, um, Tuesday on my blog and read all about it. Too cool. And maybe one of these days we'll actually do a show from Moab. The three of us can get out there together, oh. and that would be that would be something else. Tammy, I am I am beyond jealous. Living vicariously through your weekend experience out at Moab, that is something else. I I uh, will be looking forward to some pictures and some videos as soon as you can get those processed and get a, get a chance to go through all those. I'm, I'm sure which will be an experience unto itself. Yeah, it's it's fun watching, and now I watch it and I'm like, why are you so scared? It doesn't look that bad. Yeah, you just, this <laughs> you, this doesn't bad. translate. Yeah. Doesn't translate on yep. the video. Nope. Yeah. Nope. So anyway, it was awesome. Well, hey, real quick, is there if you were to do this all over again, would you do anything differently? Um. I mean, uh, with the time I had, um, I probably actually I would have rented the Jeep again for another day. Um. But next time, I really would love to take my Jeep and uh, wheel yeah. with friends. Well, sounds like that's what we all need to do. Yep. <laughs> yeah. If I could get a chain that would stay uh, uh, in my uh, transfer case properly. All right. Yeah. Let's get over to our uh, second in the series of overlanding uh, with uh, Dan from the 4x4 podcast. 
Hey, we're back with another overlanding segment, and Dan is joining us again uh, for the for this segment in our series of overlanding. Dan's podcast is the 4x4 Podcast, which you can find at www.the4x4podcast.com. Dan, thanks for joining us again. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Hopefully, I can answer this question with just as much precision and ambiguity as necessary. <laughs> So I think everybody would like to know, especially because this is a Jeep podcast that we do, can you overland in a Jeep? And, and this, this is opened up to any of the Jeeps, uh, the Wrangler, the Cherokee, the Commander, so any of those. And if you can, what would be their limitations? You absolutely can. Uh, some of the, the key features that you're going to look for in a vehicle that you want to take uh, on an overlanding style trip is uh, storage capacity and reliability um, because the four-wheel drive characteristics are really just there as a kind of an insurance policy um, because most overlanders they're not um, going out for an off-roading trip they are going to find or to experience something and then you know the road between here and there sometimes looks pretty gnarly and so you want to have four-wheel drive uh, but you also want something that is e- very reliable and easy to fix in the field. So something like a Jeep Wrangler, it's pretty good, except you can only fit maybe three bags of groceries in the back. So, right. you know, you have to plan your trips accordingly. Um, but then there's some folks who are using the uh, the JK Unlimited right now uh, with all kinds of really trick parts. Uh, and they're taking them around the world. Uh, swapping in diesel motors, just lots of things to make them more reliability, more reliable and to expend, extend their range. Um, but those are the kinds of things that you really want to look for when you're selecting a vehicle. So uh, would you be breaking any overland rules if you had a trailer that you towed behind you? Kind of like you did on your trip from, Alaska, uh, to, from the central U.S. to, uh, to Alaska. Yeah, uh, I don't know that you'd be breaking any rules because there are no real rules. Um, the, the fact that I was able to tow that trailer across half of the lower 48 and then up through Canada and into Alaska with only popping a couple fuses before I fi- found out where my problem was, there was zero mechanical issues. Um, so I, I think that's that fits right in. Extremely reliable. Um, I, I picked up the off-highway vehicle pass while I was in Oregon and explored some of the uh, some of the really gnarly trails over there uh, in their trail systems. And I didn't take my trailer because I wanted that to be reliable for the entire trip too. But, you know, it was a great time. Um, And of course the Alcan, for anybody who's traveled the Alcan, the Alaska highway, um, it is just in its very nature, a very rugged highway. There was um, over a hundred miles of just dirt roads. Oh, wow. uh, And that is the highway. Uh, full of potholes and everything. And you got to remember, since they can only do construction during the summer months, when there's also a ton of traffic, it's hard to get a whole lot of maintenance done on that highway. So while all the the big trucks and the RVs and everything, they were trying to dodge potholes at 10 miles an hour, me with my fairly long travel suspension and uh, loaded down trailer, I was able to maintain 50, 55 and just lap those guys. Wow. Uh, and, and still have a reliable vehicle at the end. Were they uh, shaking their fist at you? You young whippersnapper? Well, they probably were. I didn't <laughs> hang around to find out, though. They were just a blur in the side view mirrors. I passed them. <laughs> well, that's good to know. So uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking a Jeep. There's actually uh, nothing wrong with uh, adding a trailer. And I would assume uh, stacking stuff on top if you want to. It's uh, Oh, man. 
you should see some of the pictures I've seen, like people packing like a bunch of gypsies, <laughs> loaded way beyond the the uh, what the suspension is designed to handle. Um, but you know, a trailer really is a pretty good way to get around some of the limitations of the vehicle. I don't know what the tow rating is on a Compass or a Patriot. Uh, you probably can't add too much. Uh, it, may, it may be those same three grocery bags that you put in the back of a regular JK. <laughs> but, I don't know. Oh, that's great. Yeah, see, you can take your Jeep. You can overland in your Jeep. So there you go, folks. Well, Diane was uh, spreading around the, uh, the, the the jabs there at the end, but great information. And uh, we have a few more <clears throat> overland segments coming up on uh, future episodes of the Jeep Talk Show. All right. Well, we always look forward to Nikki G. So let's get over to some uh, Nikki G, hot Nick, Nikki G action. From the mind of Nikki G. Hallelujah. I finally got speak pipe to work. Fuck you, Steve Jobs. How do you like them apples? <laughs> I've Ooh. got a suggestion for Josh this week uh, to raise money for his Jeep. Have you thought about having a bake sale? And uh, since you live up in the Pacific Northwest where uh, Here it comes. marijuana is abundant, <laughs> oh, I figured maybe you can make some of them funny brownies. But you couldn't sell them because that would make you a creepy drug dealer. <laughs> uh, you just give them away for free. And where you make the money at is uh, you sell Mountain Dew and Doritos for 20 bucks a pop. <laughs> and you'll have uh, your Jeep fixed in no time. All right, boys and girls, I'll uh, chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. Yeah, when he yeah, said a- when he said baked, I, I, I just thought he was going to go with the direction of the individuals being baked. <laughs> yeah, a new twist on bake sale. No, I get it. It's a good one. <laughs> All right, now let's get over to some of our voicemails. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so at the beep, leave your message. Greetings and gratifications, Jeep Talk. So this is Super Croc, back to you again. This time with some shop cleanup tips. As it's starting to finally thaw out in the frozen north here, I've finally been able to do some work in the shop, and that means cleaning up after you're done. I know it's a weird... Um, thought for some people, but sometimes you find hidden parts and bolts and stuff uh-huh. in, Ten millimeter sockets. in while you're cleaning. It's weird. But what I've found is if you have a dollar tree where everything's actually a dollar or less, except the trees. get their brooms and dustpans. Yeah, they're not as good for and uh, the macro or macro level than some of those big rooms, but for smaller areas, they're great. And yeah. So, funny story, when I was last, I was working on my my CJ, which you'll hopefully hear about soon, and I was cutting and grinding, and I had a piece that, that came off, a nice triangle piece. Didn't think much of it. Then I was going to clean up after getting all the rust and dust and stuff off of there and found that piece. 
And I look at my dustpan and I go, hmm, that's interesting. It was hot enough to melt in and fuse to the dustpan itself. So now I have a nice triangular shape in my dustpan. <laughs> well, good thing it was only a box. And it still works mostly. I mean, it's better than some people I know. All right. You have a great day. Bye. So a dollar uh, dustpan sounds perfect for the garage to me. Why? Because all the grease and stuff, you know? Why would you want a fancy one you have in the kitchen? Oh, I see what you're saying. You know? I just, this is me. All right. uh, dedicated dedicated broom and dustpan for the garage. Oh, yeah, to be. one for the kitchen. Yeah, but a cheap yeah. one. So no, we uh, just use our... Um, Pizza boxes? Blower. Oh, Blower. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. Uh, anyway, I, just the leaf blower would be loud in the kitchen. I, I, I don't use I wouldn't do it in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, anyway. Let so me grab the leaf blower. I need to clear the table. <laughs> <It's> a, yeah. <laughs> flashbacks to Caddyshack. All right, so let's uh, let's get over to YJ Nate and his uh, apologies for the, <laughs> the, the last time he called in the voicemail and we couldn't hear him. Hey guys, it's Nate. Uh, back on my cell phone this time, but at least I decided to stop driving and I'm not on my speakerphone. So you should be able to hear me just fine, I hope. Yeah. Anyway, I had a quick huh? last minute addition to Wheeling Wear, if, uh, if you're willing to play it on the air. Uh, me and yeah. some friends, and uh, we've got a maybe from Tammy, um, because of her, their vicinity to her trip to uh, Moab, uh, are going to be at AOAA this coming weekend, which uh, if you're playing this the week I'm sending it to you, should be Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we're going to be camping all weekend and wheeling on Saturday and Sunday. So if anybody wants to come out and meet either me or maybe Tammy or just uh, experience AOAA with some folks who have been there plenty of times, uh, hit me up on uh, Twitter at SWB Crawler, um, and uh, we'll figure out uh, how to how to get in touch with you. All right. So uh, thanks. All right. Bye. Sounds good. So I'm sorry, Tammy. He said you are going. No, I was I was contemplating it, but now we have anniversary party and barbecue, and uh, sadly, I'm not going to make it. Plus, I'm going wheeling um, next weekend at Roush Creek. Mm. I know. Mm. I want to go really bad. Yeah, I bet you do. After uh, going off road and uh, oh, not yeah. driving, not driving your jeep. You I am kind of nervous about driving my jeep, though. Really? The Just trees? Because I'm going to forget that I'm not. That you don't have sixties oh, and forties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll be all right. All right, and I think this is a new caller, uh, Alan from uh, DC. Hey guys, I'm Tammy. Name's Alan from the D.C. metro area. Long-time oh. listener, first-time caller. Uh, was referencing to the episode 276 when you guys did some myth-busting on the 4.0 Jeeps. And I was wondering about injector swaps, uh, mainly the Dodge Neon and Mustang injectors that have the same basic gas flow as the Jeep injectors, but has four ports that miss the fuel rather than the one port that squirts it like a squirt gun into the motor. Uh, just wondering your opinion, guys. Thanks for your time. Bye. Oh, here, can so, I get this one? Yes. I'm kidding. Oh, go for it. No, we can wait. By all means, yeah. We can wait, Tammy. Google just it. Just kidding. Yeah. So, uh, Do you have yeah, like an hour? One, one, of the, one of the myths is that you'll get more horsepower or better performance if you swap in these different injectors. And the, the idea behind that is the stock uh, four-liter injectors have a single pintle hole in them, meaning it's just one essentially orifice in which the, the fuel is atomized from. 
Um, the neon injectors or the Mustang injectors have four pintle holes. And so you have four orifices in which the fuel is atomized from. Yeah. Um, obviously, this creates a lot, you know, uh, uh, the theory is this creates a lot more fuel going into the intake manifold or into the, in the, com uh, the combustion chamber. This is not true because what determines the amount of fuel that goes through those injectors is not the injector itself. All those things do is turn on and off at a very, very high rate of speed. Um, the, the, essentially the computer is what determines, um, the, the amount of fuel that goes in there, how much air, you know, the, the idle air control valve, how that's adjusted, um, your, you know, gas pedal, how much you're, you're pushing on the gas pedal, um, how much the air is moving into the engine, the computer is going to adjust how much fuel goes into the engine. The computer does all the work. Pretty much what you're going to notice right off the bat by swapping in injectors is going to be a smoother idle. That's going to be about the extent of your uh, performance upgrades by swapping out injectors. They plain and simply aren't going to give you any additional horsepower. They're not going to give you improved acceleration. They will smooth out your idle a little bit, um, but that's really about the extent of it. Yeah, it's sad too. But, you know, there's, a, I mean, if you're going to do, if you've done a stroker, now you're talking about the need for, for injectors and some other right. things that you have to do, too. Well, at that, at that point in time, you've adjusted the map. You've adjusted right. the fuel and air ratio. You're changing compression. You know, you've done stuff that you can actually start taking advantage of putting more fuel into the engine with. And, but you can't do that with a stock computer. You need to, you need to have programming, uh, you know, super squirt right. or mega squirt rather, you know, something like that where you can actually set up the map and, 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 and all that and, and dial in how much fuel pressure you're pushing, you're, you're putting into there. So, um, again, unless you have done substantial engine modifications, uh, you're really not gaining any benefit by swapping out injectors and, and computer modifications too, because like True. Josh True. says, it's, uh, the computer's going to be handling all that, reading the sensors. Of course you can fool the sensors, but, uh, boy, you're, uh, I think you're moving into the uh, off-road only category there when you start messing Indeed. with that stuff. Campfireside chat, you know, you love it. I bet you a bunch of you are going to be out there uh, Memorial Day weekend with uh, uh, at least a uh, barbecue pit or something. Uh, I, I'm taking yeah, a Yeah, I will sure. be, but not with my Jeep, damn it. <laughs> well, oh, but you, why? But Josh, you have a Jeep. Oh, yeah, it's still. I, at least At least I have a Jeep. At least it's in the garage. I can go out there and go look at it in its current state as much as I want to and whatnot. Yeah, guys, uh, I, I'm, still, I'm still in the process of, um, you know, Things are torn down. Uh, there is no progress at, at the moment because there is no funds for progress. So uh, it's one of these things where I, I had a bunch of unexpected expenses pop up, um, which had to be taken care of. And uh, because of that, the Jeep fund got drained. And so now I'm, I'm pretty much back to square one with a torn down Jeep and no funds to do anything with. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much on hold for what will probably end up being at least another month or so. Oh, and Until Josh, I, uh, I, I've got to tell you, I saw on Snopes that the information I had sent you about selling a testicle for $30,000. That, oh, that's right. a That's a fake story. Get it off of ice. Don't do it. Get it off of ice now. Stop, Josh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Take the ice cube off those. Uh, well, you did give me good <laughs> advice by not using a serrated blade, so at least I went that far. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, that story was just nuts. <laughs> All right, Tammy, what you got? If you, um, if you, can, if you have anything more based on the, uh, the 45 minutes you talked about Moab. <laughs> um, and just that I'll, I'll be going wheeling um, next weekend, and Josh will let everyone know and wheel and where. Oh, good. Um, 
I'm going to one of the Wheel and Wear events. So listen up and maybe you can come out and join us. I think you can still sign up for the event. Um, but just still going through my videos and I got to plan my next year's trip. Um, so I'm trying to figure out where I want to go. I was thinking the Northeast. Maybe go visit Josh. Well, there you go. I'm in the Northwest, but that's okay. Right, well, I mean, you're no, welcome, yeah, you're welcome well, yeah, to stay on the meant. East Coast if left, you'd like. You know. Left, right? <laughs> I'm not going to uh, be there. Northwest, sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, or maybe I'll go to Moab again. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> and still planning my um, North America um, overland adventure. So mm, That'll be uh, more, more in for in- interesting things to come up on the uh, Jeep Talk Show in the future. So now, I want to... Tony, Tony, you had a wheeling trip that you had planned here in the very near future. What's what's going on with that? Is that still on? Is that is that off? What's what's the latest? It is off. Uh, I oh. uh, was working very uh, diligently to get my uh, Jeep and uh, off-road ready for him, which included uh, rebuilding the front drive shaft that I've had out of my Jeep for a while. And uh, I, uh, I rebuilt it completely with the exception of the, uh, the slip yoke, uh, not the yoke, the slip joint that's in the middle of the, the drive shaft. So even the little, I forget the, the piece that, uh, that makes up the carton uh, that allows, uh, I don't know, that, that, that piece that's in the middle that has the ball and the spring. I even replaced that. So I that, got all, is the, that is the carton joint from what I believe. Okay. Uh, they called it something different on Amazon. I can't remember what it was called. But uh, anyway, I, uh, I rebuilt the whole damn thing. Beautiful. Put pictures up on Instagram, the whole nine yards. Got it in there. Uh, was driving it. Uh, came in home the, uh, the next day from work. I uh, put it in uh, full, uh, uh, full-time four-wheel drive, and uh, everything was fine. The, the chain kind of made a little noise in the case, and I, I thought I was being paranoid. And I was concerned that the, the chain might have been stretched. Uh, I've, I've actually put about three or four chains in this transfer case. The last time, including the gears uh, that the chain rides on, thinking that's the reason why I kept stretching the chains. And uh, I would like to reach out to uh, the Jeeping community and the Jeep Talk Show listeners. I have a NP242 that the chain keeps on stretching. And as I just mentioned, this last time I replaced the chain and the, the, the gears, the sprockets that it rides on, I may have used four-wheel drive 15 minutes, literally, on this new setup. And uh, coming uh, leaving the, the garage uh, the following day after testing the four-wheel drive, it was popping, just backing out of the garage. No, no, giving, no hmm. gas, just idle. The chain was popping. And I thought, what? how is this even possible? And I, I put it in, in drive, and it would just do a slight pop. I would give it some gas. It would do a much, many more pops. So uh, I, I did a little testing on my way to work, pulled over in a, a parking lot, and, and just verified it. I, even in the parking garage, I, uh, I put it in four-wheel drive just one more time on all that incline. And, yeah, it, it's popping like hell. So I have not checked the fluid in the transfer case yet. I do know I have a slight leak on the front uh, yoke, uh, that seal needs to be replaced. But I mean, it's, you look at the, the bottom of the, the Jeep, you don't see a big spray, nothing like that. It's just, you can see it seeping a little bit. And the last time hmm. I checked it a couple of months ago, I added some, but not very much fluid to it because I was concerned after seeing that leak. So my question to you guys out there is actually twofold. Uh, if you have replaced the chain in an NP242, everybody's done a 231, it seems, but I don't have that. I have a 242. If you've replaced a chain in a 242 and you have not had any further issues with it, if you remember the brand of chain that you used, I'd like to know what that is. 
If you know of an issue with the 242 that you have to do X or you have to do Y, otherwise this is going to happen, let me know. I will tell you that I do change the oil uh, pump every time, and I do make sure it's hooked up properly because I know that can be an issue. And uh, so uh, and the, the second fold of this is I think I'm going to go ahead and buy me a second NP242 so when I run across situations like this, I can just go out there and in four or five hours, I can just swap out the transfer case and put in my backup. That's going to include putting a, a, a slip yoke eliminator kit in the backup uh, NP242. I'm just sick of it. This is the second wheeling trip that I, I've had to cancel because that chain has stretched. Are you, are you, uh, are you opposed to doing a 231 swap? Yes. Oh, yeah. I really like the full-time four-wheel drive. You use it a lot. And also, too, I spent $900 on the SYE for the uh, NP242. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. actually, I used to use it all the time uh, until I started stretching chains, and I thought I better stop that. Uh, but uh, there's something going on with that, with that transfer case, and another transfer case might actually fix the problem. I don't know. Yeah, that, that that that's weird. I mean, that many chains in that little a time. And, and I'm not ah. buying cheap chains. They're 120, at, you know, anywhere from 105 to 120. It's not a $75 chain. No, and and with replacing the gears on there one time. I mean, that's just and with the oil pump getting replaced uh, every time you're in there. I, I just that boggles my mind. You know, that might be worth a call into Tom Woods. That Tom Woods was the one you got your your output shaft from. Maybe they've heard of something like this. Maybe they had a bad run of gears. Maybe that slip yoke eliminator is out of a out of a batch that maybe was a few thousands off, and and you're just riding. You're not riding on the journals exactly the way you should with that chain. You know, I, I don't know. Might Very, be worth a call to them to at least maybe get pointed in the right direction or get some different advice. Very frustrating. A lot of uh, looking around on Google. A lot of asking people that uh, that I trust uh, with uh, to have information like that, and it doesn't seem like anybody else is having this issue. And of course, nobody else is, is working on my transfer case, but me. So it may be me, but I don't know. It's pretty mechanically simple. So I don't understand what it would, what it could be that I'm doing that would be causing an issue. So, um, I mean, it's not that difficult to replace a chain. Actually, after you've done it several times, it really isn't a problem. <laughs> yeah. I remember the, the first time that, that I cracked open my transfer case, I was freaked out because I, you know, I'd, I'd never been into a transfer case before. Uh, you know, I've done some transfer case swaps, but never actually opening them up, right. cracking open the case, getting into the gears, you know, getting all handy with them, you know, snapping pliers and stuff. Um, and really, by the time I was done doing the SYE install, uh, I was like, man, what was I so afraid right. of? This yeah. really wasn't that difficult. You know, really, the most difficult thing is keeping track of where everything is, the order of operations, where how things came out, the way they go back in. That was it. Lots of pictures along the way. Have, having a uh, you know a manual on the on the side of the table uh, while I was doing it helped as well. And uh, and really, if if this is something that you've been kind of shunning away from because you're afraid this might be a little bit above your your pay grade, I might want to tackle into it. Some basic hand tools is all you need. Just uh, trust me on this, guys. Uh, a good set of snap ring pliers Dude, is going to, to be those. essential. Do not think for a second that you can get away with some cheap ones. Or Harbor pliers. Freight ones will plain <laughs> and simply not work. I'm just going to tell you, they're not going to work. Well, actually, I was kind of uh, kind of jazzed. One of the things, I, after I calmed down about this, I was really looking forward to going off-road. I wanted some pictures. I wanted to rub it yeah. in you bastards' faces that give me a hard time <laughs> about not going off-road. <laughs> so, But uh, I, I was kind of jazzed because I was thinking, you know, since I changed out that, that tail cone, I'm not going to need all the snap ring 
uh, stuff that I needed before. I think there's one on there, but before there was like two, and I always had problems getting that seal back on uh, just right. I would tear it and have to get a, get a new one. Uh, putting that uh, that with the long shaft, that uh, seal was a, was a pain in the ass. But uh, this new one, it was it was very simple. So anyway, uh, anything you guys, any information you guys have, uh, please share it. Uh, I've I may have heard it before, and I'll try not to make a face and go, I know, but <laughs> so. It's just so frustrating. All right, well, let's get over to... Oh, and I'll add this. I'm not going to Hidden Falls uh, this weekend, but that doesn't mean uh, I can't go afterwards. And frankly, it'll probably be a lot more enjoyable going on a non-Memorial Day weekend. Oh, yeah, true. From the sheer number of people. It would be a lot of fun to meet everybody and see that. But uh, perhaps what I can do is for our, our local and really anybody that wants to drive in, but... I certainly wouldn't expect you to drive across country to come come out to Hidden Falls, but uh, I will be. Uh, I'm going to get this thing fixed, and then I'm going to I'm going to go to Hidden Falls. Uh, people have told me that's a great place to go here in Texas, and uh, we uh, I'll set something up. I'll let you guys know uh, ahead of time, and uh, we maybe we can all get out there and get together and have uh, kind of a Jeep talk show uh, off road event, and I can get some pictures of you guys next to a, a beautiful red Jeep, and we can. Uh, I'll uh, send Tammy a, a message. No, and you know, <laughs> outlaw Jeep no. tours. Uh-huh. Not they thrilled. do not, not rent amused. red Jeeps. Eh, well, I'll give them a call. Yeah. Well, let's get over to some wheeling where. Yeah, so we're going to talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. We have BF Goodrich presenting the ultimate, uh, unlimited rather, off-road expo happening June second through the June June 3rd uh, at the Kentucky Exposition Center in Louisville, Kentucky. For more information, head to UORexpo.com. I also have NFG Off-Road. I'll give you a guess as what uh, that stands for, NFG. Uh, NFG Off-Road presents the fourth annual Crawling for Cops, June 2nd through the 4th. Tremont, Pennsylvania, you know the place, Roush Creek Off-Road Park. And uh, heads up, guys, Jeep Mama will be in there, uh, will be there as well. For more information, head to Crawling for cops at Gmail or I'm sorry, NGO NFGoffroad.com. Let's get that right. NFGoffroad.com. That's the website. If you'd like to email somebody for more information, uh, it's crawlingforcops at gmail.com. Uh, also coming up June 16th through the 18th is the New Jersey Jeep Invasion. Uh, this is an annual Jeep only event, guys, held on the beach in beautiful Wildwood, New Jersey. As you re- heard that right, the entire event is on the beach in the sand, just a couple hundred feet from the Atlantic Ocean and right next to the iconic two mile long Wildwood Boardwalk with over 300 rides and attractions. Two full days featuring over 75 of the industry's top vendors. You can also drive your Jeep on one on, on the one-of-a-kind beach obstacle course staffed by Roush Creek Off-Road Park. Jeep Invasion also consists of a show-and-shine type event on Saturday for Jeeps only. This event comes to a conclusion with one of the biggest Jeep parades in the nation happening Sunday morning. For more information, head to njjeepinvasion.com. Tammy, does I that, just does that figured sound out like... What- I Is just that, figured out what NFG means. <laughs> no Fs I, I given. Had to, yeah, yeah, I had to yeah. look it up. So, Tammy, uh, isn't uh, do, am I remembering right that uh, Under the Sun Inserts uh, said they were going to be out there at the New Jersey Jeep Invasion? Do you remember that? I Yeah, you know, I think he was going to be at some Jeep event, but I think you're right. I think so, you're right. If, you, if you guys go out there uh, to the uh, New Jersey Jeep Invasion, uh, njjeepinvasion.com, and you see Under the Sun Inserts, uh, wave at them, shake their hand, and tell them you heard about them on the uh, the Jeep Talk Show. 
Jeep talk show. Yep. They got good stuff. Tammy's got a uh, insert in her Jeep that they uh, they made for her a, it's, a it's nice so purple cool. a nice purple United United States flag. And Tammy, it does look better than those inserts. That you oh yeah, in. totally. I feel like the inserts were kind of rednecky. And this <laughs> well, is I more classy. I wouldn't go that well, that far with it, but uh, this, no, uh, this just, has it just a, looks it, it looks a lot. It better. has a nicer look to it, and I think we were yeah. both kind of like, eh, I don't know at first, but it, it yeah, definitely it was is hard, nice. but turned out really good. Hey, new to the show? Maybe you're watching this uh, on YouTube is your first time with us. We want you to know where we make it easy for you to listen to the show while you're on the go. You can install the Jeep Talk Show app on your Apple or Android device. Of course, you can always find our episodes at jeeptalkshow.com website. We've told you that it can take days for our podcast to appear on various podcasting sources like iTunes or Stitcher. You can change all that by downloading and installing the Jeep Talk Show app on your iOS phone tablet or your android phone or tablet with our new app you can truly have the latest jeep talk show episode on demand hey continuing our domination of all things media we are on youtube that's right watch our live show or watch past shows on youtube.com slash jeep talk show and oh hey if you subscribe you'll be notified of new videos as they're released are you thinking, boy, the Jeep Talk Show sounds like fun? I wonder if I could be right, part of the Jeep show. Talk show sure sounds like fun. <laughs> of course you can be part of the show. Just send us an email at info at jeeptalkshow.com and tell us your idea of what you can do for the show. We love our listeners. Are you listening to the Jeep Talk call-in show? It's more, than a Jeep, it's more Jeep Talk show than you can call into. JTS scientists have devised a way that Tony and I can stream audio and video to you live and you can talk back to us i know it's a little scary not as scary as hell's revenge though but it's really really fun join tony and i every tuesday at 8 p.m central time and call in uh youtube.com slash jeep talk show all right josh you got 47 seconds (laughs) That's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friend us on Facebook. Circle us like vultures on Google+. And above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the Jeep Talk Show. So, no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better, condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Let's learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use. Head over to www.treadlightly.org. Stay on the trails unless you're in a UTV, right, uh, Tammy? Yeah, really. (laughs) Hey, folks, don't don't forget to go over to my blog, um, JeepMamaMOMMA.com. And on Tuesday, I'm going to be sharing my day-to-day, step-by-step Moab adventure. And we have a new uh, new guest to interview this coming Tuesday, uh, Jack. And I'm uh, brain farting on the, uh, the site right now, but you can check it out in the show notes. See you next week, guys.